the Bengals have an elite defense, and it seems that the offense has found their identity. Let's talk about it. What it do is the 513 with your boy J.E. on the Winsonetti Podcast. I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. Your Bengals are sitting at 4-3 and three right now. And uh, I got to tell you, it feels a lot better doing a show after you win than when you lose. So uh, it's good to be back. Had some technical difficulties last week with my mic. But um, how about those Bengals? 4-3, and three, second place in the division right now behind Baltimore because, of course, we are 0-2 in the division right now and trying to get back on track. Um, and nonetheless, what what can I say, right? Got a baby crying in the background, a lot of things like that going on, but uh, just trying to get it right. But what can I say? 4-3 and three behind Baltimore in the race for the division, the AFC North nonetheless. And um, it really, truly seems that, well, we know the Bengals have an elite defense. Uh, I have a not really a stat that's mine, but – the Bengals defense has not allowed a touchdown in the second half of a game for second seven consecutive games, right? No touchdowns allowed for seven consecutive games. Only one of three teams to accomplish this since 1970, right? And if you know, like I know, typically in the second half is where defenses break or bend don't break is what they typically say but typically in the second half you're giving up points because you're tired the offense is making adjustments um they kind of see what you've been showing them the entire game but in this case the Bengals allow points in the first half and then say hey look you got where you're going to get it's the second half now and you ain't scoring they have done that for seven consecutive games and the defense to me, although they haven't been able to get stops in some critical moments at those early games, uh, specifically the Cowboys and what was the other game? I mean, you can kind of say the Steelers, but we did have opportunity to win that game. Um, hard to remember that third loss, man. Baltimore Ravens on that last drive uh, where Lamar Jackson ran the QB power and uh, they picked up some yards there to kick the field goal with Justin Tucker. But Outside of those three games, man, and really looking at even in those games, the defense was elite. And I think we understand and we know as a fan base, we have an elite defense that has veteran, really veteran leadership across the board. Von Bell, Jesse Bates, uh, Cheetah Bay, Wuzier, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, um, Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson, ADG, DJ Reader. I mean, this is a defense that we're talking about is super Super stacked, man. Uh, we got some injuries with DJ Reader and Logan Wilson out right now. But at the end of the day, man, we we definitely know when we get those guys back, this defense is going to be even better than it is right now, right? Um, speaking of injuries, shout out to your my guy, Jay Tufele, in the game. Uh, he did an excellent, excellent job, man. Just an absolute excellent job. Stepping in, playing defensive tackle this week. 
um, replacing DJ Reader. As we know, DJ Reader is injured. Um, so he did an awesome job with that, man. So shout out to Jay Tufele. Uh, shout out to Jermaine Pratt. Shout out to Cheeto Bear Wouzier, man. Shout out to the defense really stepping up, making plays, and just doing an awesome job out here when you talk about, hey, this team miss going up against one of the best rushing uh, offenses in football. They had backups step up and make plays, right? I think it was really critical for this team to, to step up and um, really kind of, I wouldn't say they shut down the run, but they made it difficult all day for the Falcons to uh, run the ball. They have one big drive, I felt like, uh, I think before halftime, where they, they ran the ball, I think they scored. Took, I think the drive was like 10 to 12 minutes or whatever the case may be. And then they had the one-play touchdown on Eli Apple um, when I think he was in a quarters coverage is what I saw a couple people break down, Bengals Sands specifically. And uh, Von Bell had to match the tight end. And Eli Apple just uh, – he gave it up nonetheless. He gave it up and did not uh, – <laughs> he it just seemed like he, with 30 seconds left in the game, he wasn't aware that they might take a shot right there. And uh, that's exactly what they did. But, I mean, look, shout out to Eli. He's definitely played well above, you know, what we thought he was going to play coming in since he – I think he's done a great job, had a great run in the playoffs last year. And uh, I, I think there's still – I think there's a role in this team for Eli. I think he'll continue to play. But, you know, one important thing to mention, you know, from that game is that after Eli, I think Eli started the game out, CTB, Cam Taylor-Britt, the uh, corner that we drafted out of Nebraska in the second round, was elevated. Um, I think he was told he was going to be activated for the game, and uh, he actually played in the game. I think he actually had 28 snaps versus Eli Apple's 16 snaps in the game. And when you look at that, I know we were beating the hell out of them. We absolutely dominated, not dominated the game from start to finish. But as you know, Lou Anarumo's one claim to fame when we talk about Daxton Hill, he, he literally says, hey, look, I'm not going to rotate DBs. That's not what I do. It's a lot different than any other position in football. And you want those guys to get a flow and a rhythm for the game, right? And then I, I read a, I guess I, he, I read a, a transcript or whatever of an interview with Lou Anadrumo, and he was saying that, you know, hey, look, we wanted to get Cam Taylor Britt in the game. Uh, we think he has been deserving of the opportunity, and uh, you can expect to see more of him. So CTB coming onto the scene, man, and actually getting an opportunity out there. The Bengals rookies, this, you know, this draft class haven't been as impactful as maybe in previous years, but they've had some guys play some pivotal roles and just really great depth pieces. You talk about CTB, a great backup corner, uh, cornerback too. Um, you talk about Zachary Carter, right, uh, a backup on the interior defensive line, but a guy who yesterday, in my opinion, flashed in the run game. He made plays. He was physical, and uh, he did. I thought he did a really good job, man. He really showed up on tape. A lot to me. Um, and then last but not least, man, Cordo Volson, a guy who has been a starter at left guard. He beat out a veteran. And uh, a guy to me who has been improving every single week and has that willpower and the wherewithal to want to be better every single week, to want to be a sponge to take care of us, to want to be the best left guard he can be, man. So 
very promising, um, very promising from those rookies that have played. As for Daxton Hill, we know he only got two snaps in the games yesterday, and I don't want to talk about Daxton Hill much, but I do want to say as a guy who essentially was a part of kind of heading the Daxton Hill train, uh, a part of it. There's a couple folks out there who was on the Daxton Hill train way back when he was at Michigan. Um, there isn't it isn't the right time right now for Daxton Hill to play. And I say that with much reserve because I do feel like he could make a, a really big impact on this team. But I also understand that with Von Bell and, and Jesse Bates playing at a high level and really being one of the best safety tandems in the NFL, why would you why would you take that away? Um, I look at Jesse Bates and I say, hey, this is a guy who he, he had a big play in the game. He had a big I think it was on a screen. He made a big play in the Falcons game. Uh, but this is a guy who really he hasn't been as standoutish out this year. But nonetheless, he's a veteran. He's a veteran presence. And trust me, when quarterbacks drop back there, take their three or five step drop, they're looking to see where Jesse Bates is and saying, hey, look, I really don't want to test that. Guy. Just that's just the facts, man. Jesse Bates has that respect across the league, man. So um that was awesome to see from the team, man. They absolutely dominated the Falcons in that game. I felt like it was much needed from this team. I felt like it was a team that we definitely should have dominated. But I also understand, too, they're one of the better rushing teams in the league, I think running for 165 a game. Um, and nonetheless, right, they, um, they, are, they were a gritty team. They were fighting back in all their games, right, even the games they lost. They fought back and made it close. So it just felt like this was a team the Bengals needed to score on very fast and continue to keep the gas, um, their foot on the gas, which they absolutely did. And I, I felt like they let up in the second half, not to embarrass them too much. But um, the reality is they dominated. And at no point in that game did it feel close. There were some moments at 30 seconds when they threw that touchdown, like, oh, you know, we, that didn't look good, but uh, nonetheless, they answered the bell. Also, quick note, man, the, the Falcons are one of the least, uh, one of the teams in the NFL that had the least amount of three and outs. The Bengals were able to get three uh, on Sunday. So that was awesome for the defense there. Just a quick little nugget there. Um, coming up on Monday night, yeah, to kind of make a transition, the Bengals play on Halloween on Monday night in Cleveland in prime time. Uh, and, uh, I got to say, I'm super pumped for the game. I know the Browns are not having the season that they thought that they'd be having to this point. Um, I thought a little bit different because they had Jacoby Brissett, even though I know they're a super talented team. Uh, so I, I thought they'd be right here uh, <laughs> with that record. But never mind the record, because when it comes to divisional games, um, it's very similar to playoff football. And divisional games just hit different, right? Uh, last season, we know in the beginning of the year, we played the Browns, and quite frankly, they were the only team to really, uh, really whoop on the Bengals. Um, the Chargers had a big lead on us, but we kind of brought back, and then the game got a hand. But the Browns were the only team to me that I felt like, hey, this team absolutely flat out embarrassed us uh, first game, you know, the first time we played them. So I, I think the Bengals had this game uh, circle on their calendar. We saw the antics or the off-the-field conversations with, you know, um, Greg Newsom, 
Denzel Ward, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, uh, and the famous it's on site is uh, it's about to, to come to terms, man, and these teams are about to play. Uh, these teams are lining up on Monday on Halloween night, and I got to say, I got to say, the Browns do have a couple injuries that, you know, I, I hope those folks can play. I know Najoku is already uh, ruled out. I know Denzel Ward's got the con- – he's in concussion protocol, maybe coming back. Um, I know they also – they got Kareem Hunt potential in the trade block, getting ready to move him. At this moment right now, we just saw that James Robinson was moved to the uh, New York Jets. Uh, prayers up to Brees Hall. And then we also know that in the Browns locker room after that game, the Ravens game, there was a lot of yelling and uh, maybe some, you know, spirited conversations happening in that locker room, which is normal for teams that are not having the seasons that they expected to have. But uh, it it can do something to a locker room, man. And when you're talking about the Bengals playing the Browns on the road in Cleveland, it's it's very clear on what the um, what the strategy or, you know, what the mentality needs to be going into this game, because it. It's very similar to when the Bengals played the Falcons, right? A little bit different because I think Jacoby Brissett is a better passer than Marcus Mariota, no doubt. Um, But when you look at the Browns, Nick Chubb is the best running back in the NFL, right? When we've lost to the Browns, typically Nick Chubb has killed us on the ground. (laughs) So – the Bengals have to come into this game with, again, I'll, I'll say it again like I say it on Twitter, the Bengals have to come in this game trusting their eyes, reading their keys, and also with the mentality and attitude that they're not going to shy away from contact and they're going to be committed to stopping the run. If the Bengals stop the run right and can stifle Cleveland's offense uh, in, in that way, to me, this is a game that the Bengals absolutely can and will win on the road in prime time. It's crazy to think that, what is it, four out of the five games? I don't know how many games. Maybe it's three out of five or whatever the case may be, but the Bengals have a lot of primetime games in a row, <laughs> right? They've already played the Dolphins at home. Uh, who else do we play? We played the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Now we're playing Cleveland and Cleveland. So, we got a lot of primetime games, a lot of them on the road, and uh, what? so what, we're here for it. So um, the Bengals can 100% win this game, stop the run, read your keys, have that attitude and mentality, and committed to slowing down Nick Chubb. Would love to see them run blitz them a lot early in the game to just discourage them from doing that. But also in the same, at the same time, too, expect them to dial up some play-action shot plays to Amari Cooper uh, and company to really get the Bengals off guard. So um, the Browns are the Browns are an interesting team because, of course, they got Deshaun Watson, who is a talented quarterback, but he's got all the off-the-field issues, which makes him very least desirable uh, <laughs> to watch as a player. But nonetheless, he's a talented quarterback. And the Cleveland roster, as it stands, it's a good roster. It is. You got Miles Garrett. Uh, you got um, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom. I mean, John Johnson, Grant Delpit, 
They got a great offensive line, Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper. Uh, they got a good a good nucleus of players. And it feels like this team has underachieved 100% because maybe there's some things going on in the background as far as maybe, you know, um, off the field things that could be distracting the locker room. I know sometimes people don't may not want to talk about that, but it's the reality. And sometimes those things can creep into people's minds and say, hey, look, I'm not with this or I am with this. And it could create some dissension in the locker room. Um, so that could be kind of a part of it, but also as well, too, they may just not be trusting the coach and not believe in the scheme because that's what I'm hearing as well, too, from a few play, uh, few people. So um, Cleveland Browns are a good team. They definitely have the capabilities to give the Bengals problems on the road at home. But, you know, the, the formula to me on offense for the Bengals should be much like the formula when they played the Falcons. Take the ball, which we know they're going to get the ball. They've got the ball, I think, the last three games. <laughs> um, go score fast. Go score the ball. Put the pressure on the Browns to play keep up because the Browns want to run the ball. But if you can make them not be able to be comfortable, not let them run the ball uh, 18 to 20 times, not let them lean on Nick Chubb and put the game in Jacoby Brissett's hands, Brissett or Brisket, whatever you want to call him, He's going to give you the football. He's going to turn it over. And all you got to do is be where you need to be, drop to the right zones, and make the catch when the opportunity presents itself. Also as well, too, he they haven't played a defense like the Bengals. And if you're the Bengals, you're coming off of playing the Saints, you played the Falcons, and those are two great run teams. But now you get a another test to go play the Cleveland Browns. And if you are trying to test your run defense, this is exactly the lineup you would do. Line them up, Saints, Falcons, the build-up for, for the ultimate test in the Cleveland Browns. So um, I think seeing this team dominate the Falcons and potentially have the opportunity, starting with the Saints game, in my opinion, right, to go on a, I'd say, a 6-0 run because they play the Saints when – um, they beat the Saints, beat the Falcons, go ahead and beat the Browns. Then you get a chance to play the Panthers, get a victory there against the Panthers, and that's four games. And you're talking, okay, we come off the bye, we play the Steelers, go beat the Steelers in primetime at Pittsburgh, and then got the Titans. Go beat the Titans, okay? It's going to be a tough battle, but go beat them. They got a chance to go on a 6-0 run right here to me. Um, and if they can do that, and then they play the, the Chiefs after that. The, their future really is in their hands, man. So um, as far as identity for the offense, which I really didn't touch on much, I kind of talked about the Browns. I talked about everything else. But the offensive identity for the Bengals has become strictly a shotgun team. And they have strayed away from kind of sticking to that run, and they have run it in spots. And, um, they do try to get to second and manageable sometimes. Uh, but a lot of times the Bengals are throwing the ball around the yard for the last two games. They've sprinkled in some RPO to get the rhythm going for the offense. And uh, straight up, that last game against the Falcons, they said, hey, we're going to throw for 500 yards on you. And uh, they almost about did that. Joe Burrow threw for 481 yards. And uh, he had a he had a good scramble and he had a rushing touchdown. So, um Offense identity is living out of the shotgun until further notice. 
last week they said, hey, look, we're not going to go – we're not going to stop doing under center, but this team is multiple and we can do a lot of different things. What I'm seeing is they may not want to show their hand and say, hey, look, we're strictly a shotgun offense. Um, but what I'm seeing is that this is an offense that is pass-heavy, RPO sprinkled in, um, and then some shotgun runs. They did try to run outside zone out of shotgun. When it was a total disaster. It got blew up. But uh, seeing this team find their identity I think is impressive. Now, I don't know if that's who they're going to be for the entire season, but I don't think it's a bad thing if they live out of shotgun because the Colts live out of – I mean, not the Colts. The Chiefs live out of shotgun and the Bills live out of shotgun. And uh, we're talking about – those two are what people are, you know, claiming to be uh, the two top teams in the NFL. And I think they're very talented teams nonetheless, but I don't think the Bengals are far off from those two teams. And I think we'll see that later in the season as things go. So, Hootay, I appreciate you all checking out the show. Bengals versus Browns on Monday night on Halloween. Enjoy the – I guess it's a holiday kind of. Or enjoy celebrating or getting candy. And uh, I'll catch you all next week. Hootay.